Welcome to the Enlighten Up Podcast, where I am going to take you into a deep exploration of what it means to exist in this current reality. We are going to raise your vibes, open your mind, expand your heart, and dive deep into the wondrous mysteries and possibilities of this lifetime. There's been a spiritual catalyst that has set in motion the awakening process of many across the globe to return to the knowingness of self and unite what has been separated. Together, we're going to bring light into that darkness. We're going to remember the joy of living. But most of all, we're going to turn up the volume of our own eternal power and do the thing we're here to do. Welcome back to the Enlighten Up podcast, everyone. I hope you're doing well tonight. As you can see, I am joined by an absolute fan favorite of yours, Tony Rodriguez. Welcome back to the show. How are you doing? Hi, Nicole. I'm doing really good. Thanks for having me back. I'm glad, yeah. glad to be here. Good it's to see good. you. Yeah, it's good to see you. And for anyone who's new um, and doesn't know who Tony is, he is a whistleblower, I guess, of the SSP, the Secret Space Program. Uh, you kind of you have you have a lot of memories and you've been on the show before. I've left in the show notes a couple of other episodes. There's three other episodes that Tony has been on here. So if you would like to get more uh, more of what Tony's uh, spilling here, then you can listen to those episodes linked down below. But Tony, it's really good to have you back. You're you're one of my two um, two favorite guests that I like to have when we talk about this subject, because I find your testimony extremely authentic. Uh, I know that obviously what we're going to be talking about is um, not as easy to grasp for the common mind who's not used to these topics, but you there's some there's there's two two things that I love about you and the other person who I love is Rebecca Rose, um, who will be back on the show next month. Um, and there is such an authenticity to your delivery, the energy behind you, plus the way you tell your story. You've got evidence to back it up that, you know, could never have happened otherwise. So. It's, I'm just glad to have you back on here. I think there's just so much going on. We're going to get into it in a little bit, but it's really hard to know who you can trust and who you can't because there's a lot of stories that are coming out these days. Yeah, out of the woodwork. So there's a, it's a very widespread phenomenon. People that are working in secret space program or even just black programs while I'm the government for the last 40 years. So people that have been involved, we're starting to find out that there's a lot of people that have been involved, <clears throat> mostly from childhood. They take, they seem to like taking small children and they live their life. And what we're doing, what we're, we're getting into a time period where now with the internet, people can brush across the information and then you go the same way that I did. The realization I had was I always remembered being abducted, but it didn't make sense. The time, the time frame of it all. 
And so when I came across Randy Kramer's testimony, he explained that you can be abducted and then taken for a long time, a very long time, 20 years, and then put back. That I went, oh, holy shit. No, that it all happened. And so other people are having the same same experience. Other people are getting it. And so we're it's get it's it's proliferating greatly. And there are thousands of people, and there are many hundreds of people, dozens of people that are coming forward and talking about it. But there are different levels of recall that we're finding out. And some people remember a whole lot, and some people just remember a few things, bullet points, and they can't remember. And so it's all over the place. A lot of it doesn't, it's just like UFOlogy in general. If you're a researcher, if you're just a, if you're somebody that's came out of college and you're researching UFOlogy, it looks like gibberish because everybody's um, experiences are so all over the map. And the reality is, is that pe people are being cut, having contact with ETs, but they're, they have all different uh, intentions. The ETs have different intentions for the contact. They have different purposes for the contact, you know, why they need to contact people. And then they have different levels of technology. So some are very advanced and some are unimaginably advanced. Uh, you know, so it looks like gibberish when you research it, when some people go, yeah, I was taken, I was sat in a craft, it was cold, I could smell, I was there. And then other people are like, no, they took me out of my body and I was on another planet somewhere else. And they were showing me how the universe worked. You get what I'm saying? Like there's a different level of technology there. And so that's why as a researcher, it looks like gibberish. And then what we're seeing is a secret space program information. It's kind of having the same run of the gambit. It's people that are coming forward with info. So mine, it was very low vibe. You know what I mean? Like I was a victim of it all. And I start, I was slave labor in these programs and I wasn't supposed to remember. I was somebody that probably wasn't meant for what I did. Do you get what I mean? Like I wasn't, like I wasn't their typical John guy that they would take for those programs. And so I was able to retain my memories for whatever reason, for whatever reason, who knows, we can speculate, but because I got my memories back and because of the service that I did, things lined up and I was able to prove um, things that I've done that I remember. And uh, I guess that's what you're remarking about. You know what I mean? Like my story is unique in the fact of the, for many reasons that I was on earth and that when I went into space that I could remember things uh, and then now. So, yes, um, it's, yeah. uh, it's come a long ways. It's come it, a long ways. I, since I got my initial recall in 2015. So yeah. And I think when I had you on the show, I think it was, was it 2018 or 2019? Gosh, I can't, I think it was 2019. It was well before the craziness. Yeah. So, yeah. 18 sounds right. Feels right. I Somewhere mean, we around can look. there. I, yeah. Whatever it is, episode 123 and 124, I know were the, we, I had to break your episode up into two, two, because it was so, I think we had like three hours almost. Of, right. It doesn't of, take long. Yeah. Yeah. So what I love what you're doing though, it's really cool because you've taken your experiences and now you're helping others because this is what's one of the beautiful things about having your testimony is that people are listening and you are in a way kind of activating other people's memories um, or activating at least a sense of knowing deep within and you're helping others as a, it's kind of turned into a bit of your purpose. It feels like. It does. And it's snowballing. It's growing. Um, 
um, it fell into my lap. So I'm not a researcher guy and I'm not a doctor. Like I'm a pretty blue collar person. You know I mean? I don't have a ton of college, a couple of years of community college, a year of community college, if that. And um, so I'm not a doctor, but because of what living through it, what I lived through and going through the memory recall process, it turns out I know quite a bit about it. That's helpful. And there have been people that called me uh, mostly with ET contact stories, but there are other people that call me with just trauma, you know, just memory problems. And they think it's might be, they're like, it might be some ET stuff. I don't know. And we get in and start researching it. And we really kind of boil it down. I, what I do is I take people's fragmented memories and I just put order to it. And I do consultations with people. And what I found is it works for other things besides being abducted by aliens is that people with traumatic things in their childhood or even in their adult life, that is, uh, they have fragmented memories or just things that they, you know, can't put the finger on the same kind of, the same kind of exercise for sorting out what happened to you, you know what I mean? With this, in this missing block of what's going on works in, in that. So a lot of people, um, Everybody's been very positive with the feedback I've gotten from when I work with them. I also created a memory course for, for, uh, and I call it now, I just coined it, you know, the other day that it's a workout routine for your memory because for, for hidden memories. So, you know what I mean? It's one, I, I'm not making you to where you can remember phone numbers or addresses better. What I'm doing is uncovering things that you can't remember. And I made a workout routine that does that. And it works. It works. Uh, it's something that I, had to do back when I was going through my memory recall prod, the first six months were tough because I had big chunks of years of memory. And there was a lot of things that I knew that I knew that I couldn't just rattle off. And I, I'm like, I know that's there. I know I used the bathroom. I know I brushed my teeth. I know I had haircuts. You know what I mean? I was in, I was there for over a decade on series colony, which is what the picture is behind me, like an artist rendition of something. But I knew I was there for a decade. I knew, you know, you have haircuts. You know what I'm saying? You know that. So I was like, I should be able to remember those. And I, what I did is I created a, a, a routine and it, sure enough, I did. I got my memories back. And I also remember they never let me have facial hair. It sucked. I'm, I look terrible without it. <laughs> but that you was know, something that I remember. That was yeah. you know what I mean? like I dug that memory up. And so it's possible to explore your memories. And I, anyhow, the, the memory course is on my website. Well, you know, the memory, memory is exactly like a muscle. If you're not using it, you lose it, you know, and so it atrophies. And so it does take some time to get it back. And there are probably certain sequences that will help strengthen it and, and unlock uh, certain things, which, you know, we can talk about more, you know, really quickly, just as you were talking about the series Colony, I'm curious are you seeing any parallels in um, how things are happening in our society today with everything that's kind of going on, the big the big virus and everything? Are you seeing any similarities on how the systems are trying to uh, be utilized and uh, take power that when when like are there any because I know that it was such a German influence on series. So they had back. So back then. And I'm talking about in, you know, the late eighties, all the way through the nineties was when I was there. So that was the time they had, they had see-through cell phones. They had cell phones. Everybody did. And, but you could see right through it because apparently, you know how you, when you stare at a screen for a long time, it damages your eye. They had the screen where you could see through it. It was a glass. So that, that got rid of the, 
eye damage because you could see behind it. So that was why they, they're like that. So all their, their cell phones and their little iPads that they had were clear. And for that reason, uh, you know what I mean? You don't, it doesn't cause the eye damage. That's why. And then they had a 3d effect. So, you know, when you look at some, um, art, I got, you can't see it, but when you look at art, they have 3d, you know, like the little kids have the 3d reflect, you know, the thing, their phones had that there was an actual, like a 3d effect in the screen. So it looked like it was coming an inch off the screen or so the, the images could come about an inch off the screen in 3d without, you didn't need glasses or anything. So that was their technology, but you know, there, I, I, and I didn't have one. I was very angry about it. Just like a kid today that doesn't have a cell phone, little kids, how they get mad at their parents. Like, Oh, you know what? Oh, Johnny has one in class. Why don't I have one? kids? They feel left out because the whole world stares at their phone constantly. Series colony was just like that. I did not have one. I was angry. I was mad about it. I just didn't have it. But um, I heard people talking about it on train rides. So I would ride the train and they would say that it's a huge invasion of privacy that they're watching everything we do. They're watching everything we do. And our phones are right now. Your phone, you know, that's what the Snowden uh, revelation yeah. was, was that your camera is always on and the microphone is always on 24 mm. seven. It's listening, it's recording, and there's there's AI, they're listening. So your phone is very more, cell phones are way more high tech than we think they are. They're way above, they're way ahead of us. Okay, it, so they were having the similar, so okay, so the, we're, they were using the cell phones as much as we are today, but back in like our 80s, 90s. When when we walked on the train, here I go talking about the train again after last night's yeah. you know, uh, the Keystone show, but... When we walk, when I, when we walked out of the train, I was very nervous because people would pick on me because I was a slave. I had a collar and a, and a jumpsuit. So it was a, I was a little bit, um, apprehensive. What's the word I had like, uh, anxiety when we walked out of the train, when the crowd, when the train doors opened and we walked in it, I had a great anxiety that I was going to get some kind of abuse from somebody. But after the train, the doors closed and the train started moving. I felt I was always like, hurry up, let's go, let's go, let's go. Because after a couple of minutes, literally the whole crowd on the train would look, get out their phone and stare at it for the rest of the ride. And I knew they would leave me alone, that that was what was going to happen. So as soon as I felt comfortable that nobody, I was not going to draw any kind of negative attention at that point, because a lot of places I went, they weren't used to seeing people like me on the train. I was, a, I was kind of an anomaly for what, you know, not a lot of slave labor made it out that far into the colony. So um, that was one of the things I remember that I remember when everybody got out their phone, they would get out their phone and stare at it, start looking through it. I would, I would breathe a sigh of relief at that point. Cause you would, you would be no one's, uh, periphery. <laughs> yeah. yeah they had um, something else to do. Someone in the um, live chat is asking a specific question about series. They want to know if it's true that it's been liberated recently. I'm not sure what that means. Yeah. So that is, uh, let me look here. I got it here. Damn. There's a bunch of questions. So here it is. A good question. Is it true that series colony has been liberated? So there's no way for me to know for sure. So, you know, I'm living my life just like you are, and we're all kind of in the dark of what's going on there. So um, I call her a friend of mine, Elena. We know Elena Danan, who has great information that's come out recently, and she's been very active. She's released books, but she had an implant. She was taken in what's what's really drew me to Elena and we talk private, we've talked privately in the past. And what's really drawn me to her is that I listened to her podcast with Dr. Sala and the very first, the beginning of her abduction experience mirrored my own. 
Like she described the same cast of characters, the same procedures, the same, she was on a ship. I was at a base, but it was kind of like the same feeling. You know what I mean? Like it was the same vibe. And I was like blown away by that because I'm thinking that's exactly like what I went through. That's exactly it. And when I heard in the beginning of her story, but then it took a turn, she was rescued, but she had an implant put in her and who knows I could have one in me for all I know, you know, I wouldn't know it. And, um, so she's in, and then they, the, her rescuers rewired it and gave her access to them. And so she's getting information, live information. And then it's kind of a, a legal loophole because they're not supposed to talk to us. You know, they're not supposed to interact with us legally on their end, but there's a loophole because somebody else has planted, put an implant in her so that she has said that her sources who have been, she's had a lot of things check out. She has said that it's been liberated. So we talked about that in a, different on a different show and um i see no reason to not believe her because she's had a lot of other things that information that's come forward that has panned out and so i would love to believe that i think that the series colony firstly the series planetoid is right next in between mars and the asteroid belt so in its real estate is very valuable for one for two it's full of water which is very important yes. to space travel. So the, there is no there is no human presence in the solar system without a human presence on Ceres colony, making a series on the Ceres planetoid. Like there is no going into the solar system beyond Mars without having somebody on Ceres. So that's so my testimony is going to be validated in 3D eventually. People are going to go to Ceres. It might not be tomorrow, but in sometime in the future, there will be people there. There will be astronauts floating up on Ceres, and they're going to find bases that are underground. There's huge underground caverns that have cities in them. You know, like that's one behind the artist rendition is a cavern, a vertical cavern that's miles deep of apartments that they found that an, an ancient species built there. And the Germans converted it and added the lift and converted it to apartments. That's what that art is behind me. So that's inside the series column. There are huge pockets of uh, places. So whether or not they've been liberated and they're still there when we get there, we'll see. I hope so. It was a wonderful place in many ways. It was it was wonderful and terrible. The same way that we would look at Rome or any of the old societies that had slavery and the gladiators, you know, they had horrible barbaric things, but it was also they had beautiful things. It There were... There were nice, there were, there were wonderful places on series. So, I mean, I, I don't know how to say it. I don't know how to what be was more. The, what was the vegetation? What was the vegetation like? Was potted there... plants. There were potted plants here and there. That was it. There was no, it was a city. Okay. So whenever you went anywhere you went, th there were many places that you would go and it felt like you were in a shopping mall, like the same way that you're in a big mall today. There were many places that were just like that. And there were other places that were city streets. They had literally like European city streets there in the dark that were in a cavern, you know, inside a big cave. Imagine taking a giant cave and building a European city in it. There were many places like that. So there, uh, I still, I'm amazed at, I'm a little flabbergasted that people hear my testimony and they go, well, that's a bull because there's no atmosphere on series and there's nothing that could grow there. You know what I mean? And I'm thinking, at no point did I ever say we were on the surface of Ceres. There, everything was 100% inside the planetoid. And that's why even Mars, the, the cities on Mars are all underground. Everything is, it just makes more sense to let the ground cover you. You know what I mean? It's, it's 
thermal, uh, it's thermal insulation. And it's easier to keep the oxygen, the air inside. You know, it just doesn't get out. You're inside rocks. So, yeah. Well, okay. So I wanted to ask you, a, you know, one of the questions I'd love to know is since we're, since we're on the topic of series right now, you know, with your experience being there and now being back here on earth, you know, have there been anything, anything that you, from your experience of living on series that has helped you understand your reality here on earth in a deeper way or help you fill in blanks that maybe someone who hasn't had that experience wouldn't understand? Tons. I'll tell you what, here's the biggie is that it, it, the whole experience just taught me that it's a lie. You know what I mean? The school, like I withdrew from school the next year. I totally withdrew because I knew that it was all just horseshit. I'm sorry to excuse my language, but no, you can, you can, you can say whatever you want here. <laughs> I can, we're 18. We're 18. Here. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, you know what I mean? Like I knew, I knew very shortly in my life after my abduction experience, and even though I didn't have the memories back, I knew that it was all BS. You know, the official, the official, um, reality, the box that we live in right now with your, you know what I'm saying? With your fresh paint and your green lawn is bull. It's a lie. It's, it's a distraction. It's smoke and mirrors. You know what I'm saying? With football and all the other stuff that they give us, they provide us this sanitary thing. Like they make it, they make it look like you're hundred percent safe, that nothing bad can happen to you and that it's fine. And then they try to sell you a commercial. As long as you buy new stuff, everything you'll be happy right and that's not the case because that's not what it was like there it was it was they pushed commercialism on those people but it was completely different it was they had access to the rest of the universe they were they had access to information from throughout the cosmos and so they're they're they did not aspire the people that i knew that were indigenous to series the people that you know and i didn't know a ton of them personally i worked with them on the ship but the people that i didn't know were not they did aspire to mass uh wealth but that's not what they that was secondary because they were aspiring to be spiritual and to be for personal growth they were after personal growth and they all worked together to make the colony better like they had prearranged marriage they had very they were very um health conscious and it was like you know, their, their culture was. Oh, really? So, so what kind of, what kind of health, con what's, what's health conscious for them? Like, what were they? Kind they were of trying to stretch years out. They were trying to live as long as they could. So their diet and everything was very, um, they did have real food, like they did have junk food available. Like there were restaurants with real food. And I'm, I ate a, once, I think at one, and it was too expensive for me, but food was kind of a big deal. And they had it all worked out. Like, they all they all had um you know like a, a phys ed class like that was a big thing like we had to go to phys ed. we had to go to a phys ed you had to take like a self-defense course you had to take uh you had to you know what i mean like everything was regulated it was it was a very intrusive government on the population and it was regulated there was zero obesity oh wow well i mean absolutely zero Wow. So, I mean, that isn't necessarily a bad thing. Um, it's interesting considering the government that we have right now that is a rule or the ruling, you know, elites that we have right now 
are doing nothing to uh, to push health. <laughs> to put, you know, they want you sick as ever. So that's an interesting it, contrast. It looks like our government is out to kill us. It really, they, when you look at the the food that they have, you know what I mean. Like it seems like things that are healthy and good for us. They they meet with resistance, and that the things that the government gives, uh, the, even the corporations, like you know, it's really taken a nosedive in our lifetime, which wasn't that great to begin with. And I don't know how old you are. I'm I'm old, maybe, probably older, but the I'm old. Food, <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. I was in no. the seventies. I was born in the seventies. <laughs> okay, all right, all right, that's enough. La la la. Um, the food, the quality of the food in school. The kids, what they eat now is dog food compared to what we had. And our food was terrible. You know, um, the quality of food for the kids is just not great. I I was just having this discussion with my team, my youngest um, recently. And I was like, what? You know, my youngest daughter is 16 and she was telling me what they eat at school. And I went, are you really? I was like, what? I will pay. I was like, pack your lunch. I'll do something about it. I had no idea. Their food is so bad. The food is so bad. And these are government contracts that are going to giant corporations that are packaging and selling them their food. And it's poison. I mean, it's just, it's literally, it's like dog food. And so our food is, uh, what is the government doing if they're not looking out for our interests? That's the similarity. (laughs) As a direct answer, as a direct answer to your question, the government on Ceres Colony was proactive in making the people healthy. So much so that it was invasive in their right. They didn't have, you know, it's not a free, it wasn't a free society. It was a totalitarian military. Yeah. So why, society. why do you think that is? Why do you think that they wanted them so healthy? They were after life extension and they were trying to. So were they using people as like, like test subjects, basically testing things to see what would make your life last longer or. No, they were trying to, to they were trying this. They were trying to, you know, the German. What do they call that? The eugenics. Yeah. They were doing that. They so when I, when I was on a I was on a flight crew, so I was a cargo engineer for my last few years there on the flight crew. And in the mornings, I instead of going to the back of the ship where I worked, I would sit in on the flight on the mission briefing. In the morning, I'd get there a little bit early, and walk to the front of the ship. I came in the actually the front entrance of the ship with the free people, the people that were free. And I took an elevator up and I went into the meeting room right behind the bridge with the captain and the Corvette captain and the, the sale, the negotiation officer, all those people. There was like 14 people at the table, big table. And I would listen in on the mission. Brief. Anyhow, one of those guys got married and he was talking about it. And they said, do you even like your new wife? Because he opted into the program like they all did. They, they could opt in or opt out. And what it was is they gave you three choices. He opted in and they did a genetic test on him. And he had three choices of optimum genetic match. Three women. And they went out on dates. And they got to choose, you know what I'm saying? Like, and it was up to the man. It was up to the man to choose which woman he was going to marry. So the women opted in too. You could opt out. You could say, no, I don't want to marry him. You know what I mean? But the choice was the man's and he had oh, three wow. women to choose from. And oh. so if the other women, they just got recycled into the, and it was based on genetics. So they were genetically altering the population with a advanced computer system with advanced tech. You get what I'm saying? Like they oh, were genetically engineering So they people. were trying to get people together so that they would mate to create even a more superior genetic people. Yes. And they were matching them with genetic traits. They were breeding people for purposes. Oh, wow. And you got to think that they can do, 
You know what I mean? You well, I, I always look at it. So I, it kind of blows my mind. I was able, I was lucky and I had a, like a couple hour conversation, phone conversation with Dr. Andrew Bashago. You know who he is? No. Well, from Project Pegasus, like Dr. Bashag, Bash, his name is spelled Bash, Bash, anyhow, Andy from Project Pegasus, one of the very first whistleblowers um, about the CIA time travel experiment. But he's a very smart man, very, very brilliant person to talk to. And he said, you know, the problem with that, he, we were talking about the same thing on series. He was asking me about it. And he said, the problem with genetic engineering is that you also, you know, number one, you can breed out everything. It's the same thing that they get with animals when they breed dogs or whatever, you know, the, when you look at the dog breeding, like dogs were all just basically wolves. And then we've bred all those different breeds are all man-made from selective breeding. That's how, that's the power of it. Select selective breeding is literally how we got all our dogs. You know what I mean? And many horse breeds, all of them are, it's from selective breeding, genetic engineering through selective breeding, not, not, you know what I mean? The needle in the, in the egg, like we see, but he said, the problem with that is that number one, you do get the, you can breed out trait, negative traits, but the problem is that you breed in the same negative traits in everybody. So, you know what I mean? Like it, it's actually creates an Achilles heel for the whole society. They all might be better uh, and smarter, like no alcoholism, no, no this and no that, but they're all susceptible to the measles and die from it. So, yes. Okay. So like, in saying. a nutshell, I'm simplifying. I'm making no, it I, I, Yeah. I totally understand what you're saying. That makes a lot of sense. Oh, I mean, when you screw with nature and the natural pro well, when I say nature, I just mean the natural process of, you know, how anyone is attracted to whatever it is, you know, and you're starting to, to screw with that, then yeah, you're going to come up with things that are Which, not going to work out so well. I think that's the whole reason they have the opt out clause, you know what I okay. mean? Where you can opt out of it. But anyhow, that was what life was like there. And you see that we're, we're basically free range people. I think that a program like that, I mean, it gets a slippery slope. As soon as you talk, as soon as you prearrange marriages, like there's a lot of prearranged marriages in the world, but it's based on property ownership. Yeah. But as soon as you get into that, where you take people's rights away, for something so fundamental that it's a very slippery slope. But I think that that's kind of neat. Like I would, I'm kind of curious to see who I would get paired up with. You know what I'm saying? Like <laughs> you never know, but um, that I was feel though, Okay. That's there. an inter That's actually an interesting topic because I feel though that in some ways we actually can pre organize that through soul contracts that were, you know, as star seeds, you know, we're coming in that you're, we're coming in specifically because we're bringing in certain traits where we're holding a certain vibration. And then when you start to, the certain DNA is being more activated, the more, the higher vibration you're coming in. So like, for instance, the kids who are coming in now have a higher vibration uh, DNA, more activated than we did when we were born uh, for those star seeds. And so I feel like uh, there is, I think, some level of planning. I don't think it's all completely 100% locked in because that would take away your free will down here when you're living, you're trying to live the, the soul journey. But um, I, I think that that's probably taken into account to some degree on a soul level. Sure. I think it's priority incarnation. I think you get, I think you get to opt in and out of your life. You know what I mean? And I, before you incarnate. I think that there, that's when a lot of your free choice, because there's a lot of things that happen in your life. You're like, how did, why did this happen to me? It wasn't in my choice. You know what I'm saying? Like, 
you know, the car crash thing, you know, like it, there are, there are things that life altering things that happen to all of us that we feel like we didn't get a choice in, but I think that you do get a choice or at least a consent before you incarnate, they're going to, you know, and they let you know totally. where you're going to go. And totally. I think that's, you know, and I think that there's also, I believe that. I think it's also like a bit of a choose your own adventure kind of book, you know, where, you know, there are there are plans put in place. And if you are opening up and you're progressing, you can actually go through this door. And or if you're not, you may go through that door and it's going to be a, a little bit of a different experience because perhaps you still need it for whatever reason. So um, it's all very interesting, interesting. That's an interesting choice of words. I've said the exact same thing. I say that time, your life in time is a choose your own adventure that basically you have choice, but you've only got so many outcomes. You have a destiny as well. You have a purpose and a destiny that you're going to get to. And it's a choose your own adventure. Yeah. And you can make your choices, but basically you incarnated and, and you accepted the fact that you were going to go on this journey, whatever it is. I and so I've said that a lot. I've said, I've said that a ton. Yeah, me too. But I've said that a ton. It's interesting to finally hear it from somebody else. Yeah, it's 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 I, I oh man, you know, now I'm like, I think I'm going to go and I'm going to go look for some choose your own adventure books just to kind of get They're into fun. that kind of, you know, that mode of understanding, like I get to choose everything. It just kind of puts you in that creator mode. Like, what do I want? You know, and like, how do I choose it? And so that's really interesting. Now, we also when we were talking earlier, you mentioned there's a difference between dreaming on Earth versus the dreaming collective on series. Can you go into that? Absolutely. So I've covered this. I made a five part series on my Patreon show. I'm shameless. That's a shameless product plug. But I did a five part series um, with my co-host, uh, Jackie Pierce, who is a talented psychic and a medium. And so we're trying to get to the bottom of, you know, we we're just talking between us and we try to get to the bottom of the science behind that. You know what I mean? If science can't explain psychic phenomenon, then science is, has much to learn because there's very real psychic phenomena. It's documented. It's easy to prove. And uh, so we went into that about how dreaming work. And I also remember my time early on in Inukern and what I went through for the project. It was basically Project Grill Flame, the CIA funding. And so I went through a remote viewing, like an MKUltra remote viewing thing, and I actually was in service for almost two years in the very beginning of my 20 years, the first two years. And so I learned a lot then of, the, of how they did it industrially. And I went back, I found documents from CIA, um, de declassified uh, library, online library, and I got documents from there. I found info on the Monroe Institute who does out of body re re astral stuff. And they're very advanced at what they do. And then I found the book Stalking the Wild Pendulum. In fact, just tonight we we filmed uh, talking about Electric Universe, which also that theory is has a lot of credence to it and does allow for without no dimensions, no inner dimensions, but allows for ESP and the, the Electric Universe filaments, the way the model of it allows for you to access um, everybody at once me mentally. So. Um, OK, so on that, because. From what I understand, we are part of a dreaming collective on this planet, like on Earth, and it is manipulated on purpose. Yes. Okay. So basically, it's what the what the CIA concluded was that the ionosphere, like your, so your your electrical uh, pulses in your brain, your brain gives off elect your thought patterns are actually electricity, and it gives like a, and I call it I. I I call it like a silky electricity. 
you know, whereas the electricity in your house is like scratchy. The mental electricity that, that we run our, our minds with is a more of a silky finer electro, elect, electron. Those are giving off, given off as you all the time. Like what right now you and I are giving off a signal and the signal doesn't have a range on it. It goes forever. And what happens is it bounces off the ionosphere. So the ionosphere is actually like a radio dome. And what the CIA said they concluded was that when you're sleeping, you're communicating with people that are their signal is bouncing off the ionosphere with your signal and you communicate there. So you're seeing things, you're getting permission subconsciously for future events, what's going to happen in the day, even months from now, you're making agreements for people that you're going to meet, people you haven't met yet, people you're going to pass and travel, all that stuff happens because not only is that bouncing off the ionosphere and has access to everybody globally, but it's also uh, because it's silky, that's my word, because it's silky and instead of a rolling wave, like a small rolling wave, it's a very fast wave and it clicks out of time space. So you have access to the future and the past. And so because of that um, aspect of it, subconsciously while you're dreaming, you're co our co and it's, we become basically essentially like one, one organism that sorts out the data of everybody individually. I, I, it's giving me a headache thinking about it. No, I, that's, this is fascinating. Uh, so, Cause I never heard it described this way. So, but you're, so when you go to sleep and then, you know, your, your brain waves, instead of doing this throughout the day, because you're in a low focus state, you get a higher focus state, your brain waves to do this. And when it changes direction, like a, like the elect, the electron itself, like a basketball that hits a wall gets perturbed. You know, think about a basketball when it hits the floor, it actually flattens. The electron doesn't flatten, but it hits a wall and it's smaller than the smallest distance in the universe. And it clicks out into outside of the hologram, outside of time space. And in there, there's no time, there's no distance, there's no forward or backward and future. There's no future. It's actually, you know, where the ent entities live. And so that's how people can. That's that's how they explain uh, ESP, all of it. Because once once your electrons or your brain get to that wave, you can access the infinite, which is the oh. past and the future and everything. So that's how, and no, there's no distance involved. There's no tip past or whatever. So that's how they explain it, sci the science behind it. And that's in Stalking the Wild Pendulum, the book. But they say that doing that, they can actually induce that. So there were things that they were doing to induce that to people. And you know what I mean? Like going into that state of mind with intentions. Like they, it's really, I, I send you some good reads on it. They're, it's amazing because they got to the point where they were killing people with it. They were weaponized it and they could kill people. What they found was that in a certain state of mind, when people could go out of body and basically lucid dream there, they worked on ways to induce lucid dreaming. And in that state, they could go in remote view. That was how, it, that's how it started. They wanted to remote view. They were just, they were spending money on this for the intelligence community. And what they found was that they could do color breathing, I don't know if the audience and people, but they could go into that state and go and visit people and act like they were breathing a color on them and it would have effects. So they found that uh, they did it to people in the army hospital back in where the men who stare at goats, where that happened, they would have, they would have somebody go visit people in the hospital and they would breathe red on them and their injuries would get worse or inflamed. Like, you know, a broken arm, like they would begin swelling and then they would do blue 
for a period of time, they had a measurable result that they would actually reduce swelling and heal faster. Then what they discovered was they could have multiple people do it on the same target. And by enough people that were very talented psychics to do red on somebody's heart, they oh, were wow. killing, they could kill yeah. people that they would get a room of 50 guys doing this to one target and they would induce a heart attack. And oh so okay. th that's, that's okay. That's so, the, so the, it could definitely be in, infiltrated and used for obviously, obviously nefarious purposes. How was the dream state different on series versus there you go. I've been waiting for that. <laughs> I had the same reoccurring dream for years on series and it's, there is no ionosphere there. And I would always dream almost every night when I went to sleep, I would sleep for a little while. And then I would dream that I was in my room and the floor would fall out and I would fall into space and I would fall. And I could, there were times when I could dream where I saw the planet going, like I was like, I fell out of the floor and into the black of space. And I was there, you know, like out of body, in space and I would always look around and you could hear voices in the distance in a dirt in a certain direction. You could hear people very far away, like being out in the woods and hearing voices very far away. And that was, I would dream that. And sometimes I would dream that I talked to somebody that I found somebody, you know what I mean? Most of the time it was like a feeling of like hyper loneliness. Like I was lonely and, but I was listening for voices, but there were times when the, throughout the night and then I would get sucked back in like a rubber band and wake up in the morning. And that was the feeling of dreaming. That was like, it wasn't every night, but it was more than half, more than half of the nights. That's exactly what it was like when I went to sleep. Wow. And I would hear, and there were times when I had conversations with people that I, from not on series, they were somewhere far away. And I remember that I was always like wishing I had a friend, you know, like I wanted to be friends. Back then I was lonely anyway, you know, I didn't have many friends in my personal life. So I was, that was the goal. I didn't want to, I didn't want new shoes or anything. I just wanted some friends. And uh, I remember in that dreams, in that state, in that dream state, I would, I was like floating in space and I was always like, wanted somebody to be my friend. So that was a reoccurring dream. And it, it was always like that. And I would ask people that I worked with what they dreamt and it was different for them, but it was always weird. Everybody always said that, it's not the same like when I was on Earth or wherever they were from. People, There were people that were on Mars that I worked with. They lived on Mars and the dreams were different. And on Mars, in fact, the dreams were short, shorter. I remember when I was asleep on Mars, I would dream, all the dreams were only like a few seconds and then the dream was over. It, I never had a long dream on Mars. So it's weird. I never thought about that before tonight, but it's true. Um, the dreaming on Mars was, was different. I don't know if it was the program I was in or what, you know what I mean? If they were giving me drugs or something, I don't know, but I didn't sleep well ever there. Well, yeah, I guess that might've also contributed to not being able to have a deeper dream state that allowed you to be there longer. If you're uncomfortable, you know, mm. uh, yeah, I don't sure know why. yeah, there's probably more to it. Um, well, that's interesting. So I will say this on Mars, when I was in, when I was in the city and I was retraining, I had my own, I had my own, it was the best living quarters I had my whole 20 back. I had a bathroom, I had my own room and I had a bathroom, but they had a machine in there. They told me that they had a machine that made us sleep. 
So when we went back to our room, they could hit a switch and make me go to sleep. So it was an artificially induced sleep that they had. So I was out probably beyond dreaming, you know, like I didn't dream and not ever. And then you would wake up in the morning. I would wake up in the morning and I had like 20 minutes or something before they would show up at my door to escort me to class where I was going. And, but it was like, I, I remember that I wanted to stay awake when I would get done with my, cause it was class. I was going to like basically school. And when I, I remember when I would get back to my room, I thought the room was nice. And I had a bath. I wanted to stay awake but there was a box they told me that there's literally there's a machine there was a mecha, mechanical device in my room that induced sleep and i would just fall i would fall asleep there was no way i remember times that i tried to fight it and stay awake and you couldn't i, I went right to sleep hmm interesting so when you're on series you're most you had this recurring dream of like falling into space and feeling very lonely and talking to other beings what were some of the other dreams like then when it wasn't that one? Uh, they, for, you know, fragmented, like dreams, like normal dreams, like you have, like dreaming okay. of the of the day before or the day though the next day. I've always done that. I think ever since the Inukern in the very beginning, I always have a snippet of the day that, to come. Like I, every night, I still do it. I have a I have a couple of worthless seconds of what's going to happen in the day. I even did it this morning. I dreamt that I was standing in the rain and I went to work and I was standing in the rain. It was the exact thing. Oh, wow. So you have precognitive. Um... I do it every day. I do it every day. And it's always worthless. <laughs> it's, worthless? It's always, precognitive? It's always something. No, it is. It's like, it's not like it's something that I can go watch out. That's going to watch out. That piano is going to fall on you. It's nothing like that. It's not. It's always an inconsequential, like two seconds of the day. Like huh. every have day. you have you thought about like strengthening that so you can get a better read on yeah I, there was a time when i tried there was a time that i gave it a i gave it a, a try and it I, I didn't have any results i was yeah it was i didn't know what i was doing and that was back maybe i should watch my own show my purple series and, and <laughs> try but the purple series a... is great we're gonna brand we're, actually we're gonna package that and offer it for sale because it is a way to do remote viewing it is okay. a technique. So it's, it shows we, I did a, it was a five part series. We go through getting your health straight, going through cleanses and a metal cleanse, a detox and getting ready for it. And then actually how to do it and go into a higher focus state and remote view and set intentions and actually manifest shit from, from pardon my language again, but for if you have a goal, of something you want to do that you want to change your life, you choose your own adventure. Mm -hmm. Like you said, you're choose, you want to change your course. This, the purple series does that. I went into that. It's, it's a kind of a long story. So that's why that's, I'm not trying to shamelessly plug my product. I'm just saying that it's, you that can we, plug, go plug away. This is that. your opportunity. <laughs> uh, we, we did cover that on talks with Tony and okay. uh, it's very important, very powerful information. But I, I did it a while ago. I lost my job. I was between jobs and I had a family to handle. Yeah. And I did it. I, I went in and did it and, I, and it worked and it worked. It works. There's a technique to work, to change, to hurry things up in your life. And it's dangerous too. I also will cover that. Um, changing your future. Yeah. Is like, uh, I say it like this. Here's the analogy is if you put a hand through a pool of water, you know, like if you're, you run your hand through water. If you do it very fast, there's a splash and there's a, there's a negative hole behind your hand where there's no water and the water fills back in and splashes on you. 
right? So if you change your future and you say, you know what, I need a million dollars tomorrow. It's like running your hand super fast through and it's going to splash the, the hologram. The quantum hologram is going to splash back on you and just dis- because you displaced a lot, you displace other people and that is going to have consequences. So when you set a goal and you change your light, you change it, you use these techniques, you go to the focus state and use this technique to change your future. You get that kickback. So, and the CIA documented this. I learned this from there. So imagine if you move your hand slowly through water, you don't get any, you don't get the, the kickback on it. So you want to ch- set your goal for next year. You know what I'm saying? And slowly it gives the hologram you. time to adapt to what your will wants, to what yeah. you want, your goal, your intention. You, it gives, you have to give everybody else's subconscious time to adapt to what you're after. Mm-hmm. And so that I covered that in there too. So but I, the reads are on my website on TonyRodrigues.com. There is the, the Stalking the Wild Pendulum PDF book. You can read that. And that's the basis of science from a Russian uh, physicist on quantum holograph theory. It's not quantum holograph theory, but it's quantum theory. And then the other one is there's a CIA declassified document. It's like 30 pages. And the last from 90 page 19 on is just how they do all the color breathing and that. And that is an awesome read because it lets you know really the capabilities of the, what the military did with this info. You know, the, they militarized it literally. And that's the CIA report on what happened. Okay. And so it's mind blowing what they can do. Wow. That's and I think and I I love that analogy that you used of showing like the water and and knowing that there is going to be a splashback if you get a little too greedy. (laughs) That's right. Or ambitious, over ambitious. That's right. You want to give yourself you have to give every we live in a shared reality. You know, like you can manifest. Nicole, you can manifest whatever you want, but you live in a shared reality. So you can't manifest the whole building to be yours if other people live in it because they get to manifest as well. So they have a say. So you have to do it slowly. Everybody's on the same page. We all want everybody to have everybody to be happy. So manifesting works. A lot of people met work on the manifestation thing and they don't get it why it's not working. It's like, well, the reason is because other people are involved. You have to have, you have to manifest something that's going to benefit, not benefit, but you have to have their consideration as well. Other people may be manifesting the same thing and there might only be one of them. Right. And this is why it's so important to check in with your intention whenever you're doing anything. Right. Intentions are everything. So, um, you know, what, one of the other things that you also mentioned that you realize, and I think this is important for everyone here, um, because, you know, coming back to earth and then living your life, it's important to be able to take what you know, but also apply it into your reality and understand things. And one of the things you also mentioned to me was how you realize that people here just don't realize how connected we really are. Sure. To one, like to everything, well, to one another. Well, you got to think about it. Like, man, I'm going to get, I'm going to get deep. I just, I didn't want to, I, I don't like I don't like going out on a limb because when you're you you share an opinion opinionated that's a, a hard word whenever you share something that's opinion your opinion yeah it's a hardcore opinion then you are going to ruffle feathers of people of the opposite opinion that's but okay money, trigger money trigger system, away <laughs> here we go <laughs> the money system uh, a lot of people that do well on the money system is because they get in the habit of preying on people and not earning the money. You get what I'm saying? Like there are many and you don't have to go far. It doesn't have to be a corporation, a giant corporation. You know, it doesn't have to be Monsanto. 
to look at a negative money making uh, technique. A lot of people, just regular everyday people, prey on people, and they don't earn their money. They just they're just taking. You get what I'm saying? And that's causes that mentality causes to them to think that they are separate from the rest of us. Like you get what I mean? Like a lot of people, they think that our team, our sales team is us and all those people that we're dealing with are the, they're not people. They're not people. They're the, they're the field. You know what I'm saying? Like they're, that's just where we go get our stuff. Those people are our, you know what I mean? There's a sucker born every minute. That's a sales saying. And they're not, they're not suckers. They're you. They're actually are you as well. So that mentality of, of gain creates competition creates an enemy. Do you get what I'm saying? Like there are ways to earn your money just to straight up, you know, you, you pick the apples and you put the bug, you put the apple basket for sale and you've earned your money there. You're not preying on anybody. They have the, you know what I'm saying? It's just a fair thing. It's a fair trade. There are many ways to make money like that, but there are many, many ways where for people to just prey on people that you get what I mean and take advantage oh, oh yeah, of people. Totally. Not even in a bad situation, but just misrepresent and take advantage of people. And that mentality, because it's so widespread, causes separation between us because it's in the front of your it's at a conscious level. People consciously feel separated from everybody else. You know what I mean? Like and then before we and then sprinkle in racism and then sprinkle in culturism, culturalism and then economical separate you know what i mean like oh we're too good i don't rich people don't talk to poor people because they we have nothing to see bullshit you know what i'm saying like bull because it doesn't matter you know if if having money was your was your gauge of wisdom then anybody could be made a wise man with one check you know and that's not how it works there are people that don't have a penny that are smarter than everybody else. nikola tesla didn't have any money and believe me he was smarter than me and you you know but so that that's what you we were talking, you know, to get your question, like that separate people need to drop that. It works. I mean, the competition thing works. It motivates and people get off their butt and they produce and they get money. And I'm not saying it's evil. Do you know what I mean? I'm not saying it's a bad thing to accumulate. wealth. no, there's such thing as healthy competition. And that's right. Right. Yeah. But healthy, at the same healthy time, ambition. At the same time, people buy into the separation of consciousness, of the separation of what we are, that those people are not, these people are not as good. And it's not the truth. It's just, that's it. And it's limiting. It's limiting everybody. You know what I mean? Like we're as strong as the weakest link and it's creating weak links. So was this something then, because I, you, we, I mean, earlier on, we did talk about how the people on series are much more spiritually based. They're not so concerned about mass wealth. I mean, they, they want it, but they don't want it at the expense of their spiritual growth. No. So yes and no. So they weren't that wise. The, they were about personal growth. So there's a difference, you know, they were about personal growth in the way that, um, if spirituality was a method of personal growth, then they would embrace it. But they were about personal growth, about being better people and everything, being better today than they were yesterday. The whole, like as a whole, that was the culture there. They were trying to improve themselves and they did it for serious colony. They, they were all on the same page, like on the same team. And they had a great separation from, from everybody else, but they did it for them. If you get what I mean, like, um, you know, when you asked the question, I had the words, but now I don't. But that was that was, you know, we we are they're stunting us. 
on yeah. purpose. Mm-hmm. You get what I'm saying? Like mm-hmm. the, the institutions, the corporations and the institutions and the government, they're purposely like stunting our growth. The school has just gone downhill. You know what I mean? Oh, like yeah. school could be so much better. You look at school back in the day, the kids, there were kids in, you know, seventh grade learning trigonometry. Yeah. And even yeah. in uh, the Soviet Union, they're the equivalent of their, you know, um, 30 years ago, in the Soviet Union, the equivalent of their graduating school is like our first couple years of college. They were way ahead yeah. of us. Yeah. Our school systems suck. Mm-hmm. The government has purposely watered us down, diluted our lifestyle, and they're feeding us crappy food. They're, they're giving us medicine that is not a cure. There's, there's no more there's cure. A, there's a very big illusion that things are better. <laughs> yeah. 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 So, I mean, unless, and the thing is, you know, if you're not, if you don't learn it and if you're doing well, then you're not going to go look for it. The people that are actually actively going, wait a minute, this is BS. And they're trying to work and it's hard for them, for people to go and learn it on your own and live, change your life to where the government, where the negative influences don't bother you. It's very, it's a lot of work. You think about it, cut out, get rid of sugar. Anybody that's, I'll bet there's a ton of people that are watching the show. That's like, just get rid of sugar and see how hard that is. It's super difficult just to get rid of sugar. You don't have to be a diabetic. There's a lot of diets that do it now. It's good for you. Sugar. It's like, you know, and you can't get rid of it because it's everywhere. The government, they subsidize it and the government, even if sugar crops, you know, sugar is a subsidized crop. In other words, if nobody buys sugar, the sugar farmer still gets it's paid. Still, yeah, it's still there. So the government makes sure that sugar is everywhere. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's really just blows wow. my mind how people put so much faith in the government. Vote <laughs> for just... me. Yeah, I don't want to get it. I'm not into that. I'm not trying to get votes. But and I'm not, I don't want to be a down on the government either, because I think that a lot of throughout time, the erosion of where it's happened was not mm-hmm. the government officials. It was the people behind the scenes that guided the corporate. The yeah, I know. I, I think that, well, I mean, here's the thing. We're seeing a huge shift in the systems right now because there's a huge collapse happening. Like, I don't know if any of you guys are seeing it, but the systems are collapsing in front of our face. Every single one of them is, is collapsing. But I, I please, I want to say this, that what I'm saying sounds like doom and gloom, you know, what we're pointing out. I, and I'm just trying to put a finger on where we're at today because I think we have really bright days ahead of us. I think we've seen some system systemic changes. And I think at the very top times are changing and we're going to get some improvements here very soon. So I, you know, hang in there. I think that we're on the verge of some very positive changes to our society. Okay. So I got to say this, um, if you don't mind, but I had a client session um, earlier today for everyone who's listening. And um, this person uh, wanted to know what the um, where Canada was heading in the like, because, you know, people I get it. People are worried about like, should I be still living here? Should I be moving to a different country? Should I, you know, do I need to get out of Dodge, so to speak? And so I, I've never done this because this isn't something I like to to really go into too much, but because it was a client, they wanted to know like through the tarot, what was kind of coming up. And I was like, okay, well, let's take a look. And I purposely asked for me to be shown a linear process through the cards. Like I didn't want it there to be any guessing, like me having to interpret that. And so I said, please just show me the linear process of what's going to be happening in Canada over like, you know, in coming into the future. And instantly the first card that came up was the three of swords. 
which is a lot. It's one of the most painful cards in the deck. You know, it's just it's it's just a lot of pain, a lot of suffering. And then it was followed by the justice card in reverse, which means things are not going to be fair and balanced. The justice system isn't going to feel fair to the people. And I was like, OK. And, and, and I know the person who was kind of like I was doing this for, they were a little bit like, oh, no. And I'm like, actually, no, I'm, I'm kind of glad I'm seeing this because this is what I feel is I feel like it's going to get maybe just a little bit worse. And then it's going to we're going to start to see relief. We're going to start to see the sunlight starting to come through. And sure enough, the next card was the hanging man in reverse, which when it's in reverse, it indicates that there has been a perception shift. People are seeing things in a new way. And I was like, oh, I like this. So it's like you see how the legal system and how everything not being fair and balanced is really pushing people to awaken. A lot of times the hangman in reverse is when the enlightenment has already come in now. And so then the next card, uh, there was like six cards. The next card was the Ace of Cups, which is very interesting. So like it's a whole new it's like the heart is starting to, to beat again. It's like uh, to me, it's about intuition and it's about love and it's just about considering how much we've been separated the ace of cups to me also sense like to me it brought in a sense of unity starting to come back in and then after that it was the wheel of fortune <laughs> which indicates a huge change coming through big 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 change and what i saw when i kind of clarified that card a little bit further was that people are getting out of that place of feeling like um it's just doom and gloom i can't do anything for myself i don't like the way it's going but i'm still not going to do it. it's like a victim status and then it shifts into like the king the, there was a king that came up and i was like everyone's going to take back their power but they're taking back their power from their heart because it was the king of cups and then the last card that came up after the big wheel of fortune was the ace of pentacles and i was like oh this is amazing because the pentacles represents the 3d it's something tangible that means we're going to start to see tangible results that are a bright new beginning of prosperity abundance a shift in um how we're how we're getting like you know it's also stability you know we've been in so much chaos so just seeing that i wanted to share that with you guys all because um i was thinking about doing a video on it but i was like yeah let me just throw it in here since we're talking since we're talking about it because i've never touched that with the tarot like i just don't like to go into that but someone asked so i did it and it really kind of played out how i've been feeling the messages that i've been getting and now you've been feeling kind of similar well you know i kind of keep my ear to other sources and what i know and i feel that there's been some changes upstairs and you know up there and I think that you can see, you can see the way that the uh, the government's moving. You know what I mean. All all vaccines aside, I put that. I want to put. I'd like to think that the vaccine isn't as bad as what everybody is afraid of. You know, what I, I mean? I'm on that. I'm on that same page as you. I think it's bad. I don't. I don't think it's great, but I don't think it's as bad as a lot of the information that's being put out there. Yeah, I, I don't think it's going to be a mass die-off. I'm hoping. No, I'm I don't think so. I think that it's more economical is why they're pushing it on everybody. I think it's an economical reason. I hope, you know what I mean? Like, only time will tell. But it's uh, I, I said it like this: you don't have to be a doctor to see that they're they're something that's that it's a scam. 
Do you get what I'm saying? There's a scam involved. It doesn't matter what the medical version of it is. If you, if it's water they're putting in you or metal, whatever, you get what I'm saying? Like, I'm not going to go pro. I don't want to go on a stance here, but you can tell by the, by the way that they're push forcing it on us, that it's a scam. You don't have to be, a, I, I said this and somebody said, somebody got mad at me like a pro vexer and they were like, you know, you're not a doctor. What do you think you're a doctor now? And I said, well, I don't have to be a computer programmer to know that online gambling is a scam. I don't need to code to know that. Okay. I just, I, and I don't need to be a doctor to know that the way that they're forcing us for this flu like virus, which is bad. You know what I mean? People are dying, but um, you know, I had it. I had COVID. It came and went through our house. It, I felt like crap for three days. I did vitamin C and now I feel like I'm vaccinated because I won't get it again. You know what I mean? Like, so I don't need the vaccine and why are they pushing it on us like this with people not traveling and all that? It's like, it was way overkill. So, you know, there's a scam, you know, there's a scam. Anyhow, I think beyond that, the government has changed fundamentally at the top. Like even the people that were trying to do some other things, I think there's been, you can see there's been a real cease and desist of crap. And I think that's because of what's happened in space. And we're going to see some very big improvements, firstly, in the power grid, in the mm -hmm. power systems that we do. And we're going to get a lot more electrical things that were used to be gas things. Mm -hmm. And we're going to, the power system is going to be, we were just talking, I was just talking about this on another show, but we're going to see some very quickly um, rapid advances in power consumption for, you know, the United States specifically, but the whole world. Well, the power system is going to change quick, pretty quick. And that's the first external sign that we're going to get of, uh, you know, disclosure, a pre-disclosure event. They're going to change. They're going to upgrade all of our, the way that we're, the way that we're consuming power. Okay. I don't want to go too much into different stuff, like why I know that, but yeah, <laughs> okay. like I said, I covered that all in a different show. So. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah. And I think it's just important to, to know now coming up to like, let's just kind of finish off the show. Cause this is important. I think it's an important topic and I know we were intending to kind of bring it up in the beginning, but we went straight into series and it's just about the importance of understanding the uh, watered down infiltration of the community um, that's kind of happening right now. This is one of the reasons why so, I only choose to listen to a few people, but this is like across the board in any kind of community. Um, you know, just kind of try to stay with my tried and true that I really feel like there's, there's things that back up, they've got good track records, but also there's a, a good intention behind it that I can pick up. There's so much, there's so much manipulation going on. What has been your experience with all of this and a message that you would like to leave the audience with an understanding so that they're more equipped to kind of look out for certain things. Wow. Okay. Yes. Uh, it needs to be talked about. Um, so what, where, where we're, let's look at where we're at. So we are in a pre, we are in a non-disclosed society, the whole planet. There is no disclosure of extraterrestrial life or intelligent life elsewhere. So the basis of reality is totally hidden from us on purpose by some of us, by a small percentage of humanity has held a great deal of reality away from us. So, right. So we're pre-disclosure. So post-disclosure, how is that going to affect us? What's going to happen? Right. So we're going to want to learn more. Once people, once everybody learns that there's more out there, we're going to want to learn more, what what are those other if there's people on other planets that are 
fuzzy gray people or whatever they are. I call them people, the ETs. Once we learn that they exist, everybody's going to demand to know more about them. So how do they pay the bills? How do they heal themselves? How do they treat their children? We're going to need to know this stuff, right? So what we're seeing is that that demand for information, people are, the, the people, same people that have kept it a secret from us are valley, uh, jockeying for position on how to disseminate that information to us after a post-disclosure event. So people like me, I got my memories back and I just talk about it. I'm a blurted out, I'm an open book. It's too late for me to lie because I already told everything. Do you get what I'm saying? Like, not that I would lie, but it's too late because I already just blurted it all out. So now we're seeing people that are coming out that are actually liars and they are, they are government planted people. And this is the first time I've really said this, but there are people that are in the community that are speaking, that are purposely lying very well to, to say, don't look at these people that are real. Look at me because this is shinier. This lie is much more comforting than the truth of what happened to those people or what could happen. So they want to keep that because they're going to lead the masses into a more consumerized controllable version of that demand for more information. They're going to funnel it in a different direction from what it really is. Again, of course, it's the same old shell game. So, and we're seeing people that are want to be known. I, I, I tell you, I, um, when I got all my memories back, it killed me to think about being the only one that knew what I knew. I had to tell people about it. I had to know. And I really, I really, I really was thirstful, you know what I mean? Needful to share my story because I thought I can't take this to the grave, man. This is a lot. This is, and I, I started to figure out things that were real. So people are going through the same thing and they want to be heard, but a lot of them don't have all the info. They don't even have proof. Like I got grilled through researchers in the beginning. The first people that I contacted were researchers and I got grilled. I got held to the, you know, you know what I'm saying? Like the first people that I spoke to were skeptics. And so I got research. So I was, I was able to hold up to that. I was able to hold weight to that and survive it and then go on to the next and do interviews. People are not meeting with skeptics anymore. People are meeting with, Oh, really? You're super soldier. Okay. Let's get you on my show. And so their information is not being organized and it's not being scrutinized. And so it's dangerous because there's a lot of people connecting dots. Do you get what I'm saying? So it's a dangerous thing because it, what they remember may have happened and it may be something, you know, you can remember your third birthday party, but there's probably a lot that you don't remember that might not be true. You get what I'm saying? It's distant memories. So that's a dangerous thing. So on top of people that are purposeful liars, that are government agents that are lying, that are in the community, there are people that are accidentally lying. And then the other category, which is the scariest of them all, is people that don't have any memories, but they're speaking about being a soldier or whatever because somebody else told them, hey, I knew you were in a program. Hey, I, I channeled it and I know that you were in the space program. You did a 20 back and they go, well, I don't remember it. And they're like, no, no, trust me, you were on Mars. And that's happening a lot. I, I don't believe that that could happen, but I met a bunch of people at the last conference. I went, I met people that were like that. Like, I'm like, wait a minute. Now, what do you remember though? Like, oh, I don't remember anything. Just, I had a bunch of psychics tell me that I was up there and I can, and I'm really good at this. I'm really good with machines. Do you get what I'm saying? Like, how can you, how can you justify speaking about it if you have zero memory? And so it's, it's a, it's a dangerous precedent and it's going to, what it does is instead of having the credible people up front 
you've got a thousand people up front now for the people to have to work to sort it through. And you know what the average person is, with that's overloaded with work is going to do? They're going to go, ah, well, screw it then. I don't care. I'm just going to go back to my life. And I, the space program stuff, I'll check out UFOs or Astral or something else. You know what I'm saying? Like, because it's watering down, they're watering down the field. Because there are a lot of people that have tons of memories that are legitimate, that are real, the real deal, and they have great information. But they're being buried under people that, A, don't have a lot of inner memories, B, are straight up trained government liars, and C, don't have any memories, and they're just, somebody's put them up there, somebody grabbed them and threw them on stage. And so we're kind of seeing that right now. And it's kind of, it's, it's concerning to me. You know, it's very concerning to me. I'm happy my book's going to come out. I'm happy that other people have books coming out because history will tell, you know what I mean? Like we need to, we need to stay on top of this. And I think that people in general, like the community has gone into um, astral contact versus actual contact recently. So we're probably, these are probably precursors to disclosure. Like, I think that there was a rule in place for ETs, advanced ETs to not contact us. And now those are breaking down at the top. So now we're getting tons of astral contact as a precursor. You know, people are meeting people astrally that they probably will meet later in life after disclosure. So we're getting that and that's taking, that's coming to the front because it's very important and it's very credible, a lot of it. But at the same time, we can't forget that there is a secret space program, that there is time dilation, that they are taking people, they're living for decades, and then they're put back the same exact night for many different reasons. And we need to not forget this because once they sweep it under the rug, that gives them a free reign to do it again and again and again and again. So we have to let people know that this is a technology, this is the reality, and the secret space program and the 20 and back or the career return technology is alive and well and being used on a grand scale. I would ask anybody watching this show, please talk about it to people that are skeptical. And when they don't believe you, go to somebody to say, man, you know, they take people and they live for 20 years, they put them right back and they go, yeah, BS. Leave it at that. Because the next time that person hears it from somebody else, they're gonna go, oh, wait a minute. You know what? I, somebody told me about that before. And it's gonna break through that, that break that ice and eventually sink in. And we need this information to proliferate. We need this to do, because this is the truth and don't let them hide the truth from us. Um, can you check the live chat? Is, 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 our, is our show still going? Because I, my screen's frozen. Do they get me? No, we're good. You're I'm good. still talking. Yep. Okay. Just let everyone know they can't hear me right now. <laughs> um, I can't unmute my mic on the show here. Oh, wow. I wonder if mine is. Uh, well, no, there's yours, nobody yours? saying anything. Oh, here okay. we are. Oh, here we are. Okay. I don't know. I was like, I'm talking. I can see me going off there on a tangent. No, now now the chat's coming through. Okay. So, um, yeah. yeah, I don't know why my, my equipment is freezing. Um, it did this when I was recording something yesterday. Um, but, yeah, no, I'm so glad. Thank you for sharing all of that. And uh, I think it's valuable. I think it's so important for people to understand that discernment is of the utmost importance right now. You know, don't just absorb stuff because it's fascinating and, you know, it takes you into this really cool place. Like, you know, it may be true, but it may not be. And it's just it's important to really kind of develop your own develop your own tools of discernment when you're listening to stories and, 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 and 
put them up against people that you really trust and, you know, newer people that are coming out. Uh, this isn't like to slam anyone at all, but it's just, I think it's so important because every community, it's not just this one, every community is getting infiltrated with so much misinformation and things that like, you know, bring people to a high and then drop people into lows. And it's just like, Oh, that cycle can get really damaging to, um, your soul and your own frequency. So we just don't need any more of that chaos right now. There's enough chaos going on. So your book is coming out. Oh, yes. Yes. So I'm going to do a pre-order. So my book's done. It's being edited, raising money for the editing, and I'm raising money to pay for some art that's going to go into the book. i got a ton of art that's going to go on the book. My slideshow, basically, I can squeeze in a lot of stuff, but I'm going to pay some artists for some covers and some new art that's going to go in the book, and I'm going to edit it. So I'm doing a pre-order on my website. That's I think it's going to go up tomorrow. And what it is is going to give you an autographed copy, and it's going to give you a one-on-one, like a Q and not a one-on-one, but like it's a hundred books I'm going to sell for like a hundred bucks, and it's going to be um, autographed, and then thirty people per per uh, conference that you get to ask questions about the book. You get to do a con- you know I'm going to do Zoom shows, and you can get in there with your pre-order. And we can do it. It's like a Q&A, but it's about the book. And the book is going to be a lot different than my interviews. Trust me, the book is is much more about the, the person, the people that were in my 20 and back that I lived with than the actual the story. What everybody hits me with the bullet points in the interviews the book is much different. It's much more in depth. It's very personal and it's very painful um, to write a lot of it. So the these interviews, are these question and answers are going to really be brutal um, to cover the book, but I'm doing this to raise money and um, get the pre And the other thing is just to give somebody an outlet because I literally get, I literally get bombarded th- three or four times a day. Like when is the book available? Let me know as soon as the book's ready, but please let me know. I want to buy it. I want to buy your book. So I'm like, okay, if, if you want to pay more money and you know get an autograph copy and do this, I'll make it available now. And we're close. I, I think the, the, it, it'll be a month or so month or two from now that it'll be hidden hidden the store hidden amazon so okay. um so that's the, pre-order, the pre-order where is do they go to your website to on my website tonyrodrigues.com the, the link will go up tomorrow i'm pretty sure it'll be up tomorrow and that'll be on there and you just fill out your address and, and everything and i'll get you an autograph copy amazing Amazing. Well, thank you so much for coming on the show. Um, again, to the audience, if you want to follow uh, Tony, please. Uh, he's on. You're on Instagram. Are you on? You're on YouTube. My Instagram, Patreon. I don't really. I don't really do the face the the YouTube much. I got a YouTube, but it's like okay. I just made it. Never never really worked it. I'm on uh, Patreon. Talks with Tony. It's yeah. Patreon slash Talks with Tony. That's my show on there, and I did that because a lot of my interviews got scrubbed. And so the pay, it's a $5 paywall. And that basically just, and I've lost some shows on there. We talked about politics and they got to be off my Patreon, but yeah. most of my shows are on there and I have some super awesome guests on there and uh, that's going well. But, and then Tony basically has all links to everything and the info we talked about tonight. 
So go and check that out. I think uh, a lot of people will get a lot from that. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well, it's been a pleasure to have you on the show. To everyone in the audience, again, I am, before I forget, I meant to mention this at the beginning, but I'm going to be speaking on Monday, uh, September 20th, at the Together We Ascend um, online summit. I'll be speaking at 5 p.m. on a 5D portal panel with a couple of other ladies. And then I will be doing my own talk on how to adjust to these 5D frequencies, what's kind of coming up for everyone and how to move through it all. Uh, if you'd like to join, the link is in the description below. It's a free registration. All the, the entire summit is free. So reserve your spot if you'd like. And if you're not already, please follow me on Instagram and Telegram. My Telegram channel should be in the description below. And thank you, Ethan, for the donation during the show. I really appreciate it. Lots of love. Thank you guys for all of your support. I look forward to being back with you next week. I will be having a brand new guest on. I'm super excited to introduce you guys to him you're gonna love the show thank you tony for being here it's been thanks a pleasure and guys have a wonderful night thanks again for joining me for another show on the enlighten up podcast i love you guys so much for all of your continued support so remember to raise your vibe find your tribe and be open to the infinite possibilities held in the mysteries that surround us all Thanks again for sharing the show with your family and friends. And if you're new to the show and you need to find out more information about me, please head on over to my website, NicoleFrolic.com, where you can join my newsletter. And please follow me on Instagram, Telegram, and YouTube. Keep your light bright and I'll see you next week.